We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome into the Royals Farm Report podcast. I know this is a Chiefs network, a Chiefs uh, podcast channel. This isn't probably what you were expecting when you opened up your podcast this morning or this afternoon, this evening, whenever you open this up. But uh, this is the Royals Farm Report podcast. We are a Royals minor league centric podcast. So if you want to follow us in the future moving forward, uh, go over to the KCSN Royals channel and you'll be able to find us uh, over there, we've got our own channel now. It's KCSN. There's Joel hosts One Royal Way, which is a big league-centric podcast. Then you'll find us, the Royals Farm Report podcast, to cover your minor league fix of Royals baseball. So jump on over, uh, subscribe, download, all those good things, and you can find us at the KCSN Royals channel uh, from now on. So thank you for listening, by the way, and thank you uh, to KCSN for hosting us. We were with uh, a different host for a, a couple of years, two and a half years. And then we've, this is our second episode on the KCSN network. Uh, also big thanks to KCSC, Kansas city strength and conditioning. They are, they train boys and girls, baseball, softball of all ages out at home field in Olathe. So thank you very much to Kansas city strength and conditioning, the home of Scott Barlow, who is currently locked out of major league baseball. So <laughs> Scott has been training over at KCSC, uh, this offseason, Joel did an interview with Scott uh, for the One Royal Way podcast at KCSC, again, at home field there in Olathe. So thank you for being the title sponsor, picking up the podcast uh, so that we can talk about Royals minor league baseball with you. So uh, without further ado, let's get into some Royals minor league baseball, boys. Um, we want to do a call your shot show. So basically what we're going to do uh, for the next well, I don't know how long it's going to take. Basically, what we're going to do now is we're going to run through some statistical categories, offensive and defensive, and we're going to give a top one or two um, leaders in each category throughout the Royals minor league system. So this will include all levels of minor league baseball, AAA down to the Dominican Summer League, if you want to pick somebody out of there. Um, but anyway, so we're going to go through and pick leaders for some, for some big categories. I want to start with base hits. Let's just start with base hits tonight, gentlemen. Josh, we will start with you because you are the first person on up and down on my screen here. <laughs> so, Josh, you get to start. Pick a leader. And by the way, boys, I, th I thought about something. Mm -hmm. When we inevitably in September or October 
meet at the Kingdom Bar and Grill for a Chiefs game. We'll tally up who gets the most of these right, and you the the two losers will buy the first buy the winner his first two beverages uh, for that Chiefs game this fall. I thought I we were fair. whoever gets the whoever gets the most shots gets to divvy up among the other two. That's fine. However we can, many we can shots figure they out get. The, we can figure out the cold beverages that way or uh-huh. some way, but this 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 is gonna count. This is for something. So there's actual um, stakes. Give me your give me your best picks here, and I'm at a disadvantage for this one because I'm going last. So Josh, you can pick. We'll we'll do this as a draft uh, of sorts. So Josh, you're going first. Pick the Royals minor league leader in hits for the 2022 season. We're going full hits. Yeah, base hits. Are we counting? I should have clarified this earlier. Are we counting anything anytime they any hits they have in the majors too? No, good question. Okay. So really quick, I'll rattle off last year's leaders top five. Bobby Witt Jr. had 144. Vinny Pasquantino with 131. MJ Melendez 129. Clay Dungan 128. Mike Hel Garcia 120. Okay. Uh, I think my guy in hits is going to be kind of an underdog, I think. I'm going to go with Michael Massey. Not an underdog. That's actually who I was going to pick. Is it? (laughs) Well, we did it, boys. The first one, we come right out of the gates with uh, with too many matches. So I figured there might be some, you know, uh, I love. I threw that caveat at me at the beginning because we could see some pretty good graduations in the uh, positional ranks for sure. But uh, one guy I'm pretty sure is, is going to be sticking in the minor league system the entire year. Uh, and also has a great bat is indeed Michael Massey had 112 hits at 289 last year in uh, just 99 games. So he gets a full season under his belt. I think he can lead this organization in hits for sure. Joel, you're up. Yeah, I'm going to go with Nick Lofton. Uh, mm. and he was, we had him in our top five uh, over at Royals Farm Report in our preseason prospect rankings. He kind of struggled at the gate. I, I think he got a little banged up early in the year, but by, the middle of May, he just started just raking and just destroyed the baseball all over the place. Hit for enough power to to keep make himself kind of you know he can hold his he can you know kind of punch above his weight a little bit uh, when it comes to that. But the hit tool is really nice, and I think that's going to be the guy that's going to do it. Yeah, that was going to be my second pick. So now I'm <laughs> now I'm down to you screwed yourself, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, see, I'm torn between a couple guys here. One of them, I feel like, could get big league time, and and I'm afraid. But the other one that I want to pick is already on the 40 man roster. Um, so, with that being said, I am going to you talk about underdogs. I am going to take one. Um, am I really going to do that? Just roll it. Just yeah, just I'm gonna go with Tucker Bradley. Yeah, that yeah. was gonna be my like second. It. Like if we had like an honorable mention because. I, I've tweeted it all year, and it's true. Tucker Bradley <laughs> just hits. Like, That's all it does. Dude, just professional hitter. Yeah. Any sort of pit, you know, bat to ball cliche you can think of for, for a guy, it's Tucker Bradley. Yeah. So, my other options there were Clay Dungan, who. Yep. That's who probably going to start the year in Omaha, which makes him an injury away from being the big league second baseman in some capacity, or Michael Garcia, who's on the forty now. Michael Garcia is probably the smarter pick there, but he walks a lot. He's going to be getting his first taste at double A. So I'm okay with Bradley there. I was looking down the ranks from last year. 
Uh, Bradley, he does walk a bit. I think that walk mm. will come down when he gets to double A. I think the hits will go up, especially because double A last year banned the shift, which is good for left-handed hitters. So yeah. I will go with one uh, Tucker Bradley there. Uh, next category on my list, gentlemen, is home runs, and we're snaking around. So I will go first this time. My pick for organization leader, I, I feel like there's only one right answer. Like I feel like there's <laughs> only one guy you can pick and not feel dumb about it later. So I'm going to go Suli Matias mm. and pray he is healthy because if he's healthy, he, he will lead the organization mm-hmm. in, in home runs. Um, I think Carter Jensen has a chance. I think there's some other guys with a chance. I think Witt, Pasquantino, Prado, Melendez get too much big league time. I think Matias spends one more year in the minors at, at a minimum. So I'm going to go Suli for minor league leader in home runs. I think that's a good pick. He's always yeah. he's going to always get those PAs to try to you know get get him on the get him on the right track. So I think that's a really good pick. The problem is, and this is just the the biggest problem with him is how long does it take for him to get hurt, right? And how yeah. severe is that injury? Yeah. If he if he plays a hundred games, if he if he, play, if he plays a hundred games or more easily, he's going to lead the the team and or the organization homers. But does he get to a hundred games? And I think that's just the biggest problem with Silly Matias at this point. Yeah. Joel, you're up. So I'm gonna go a little bit off board. So can we pick this? Like, if it, if can we pick someone that was picked in a previous category to lead yeah, this? Yeah, okay. Oh, absolutely. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Michael Massey because I and I'm totally about. He hit 21 last year in high A uh, quad cities, and he had he wasn't a, a huge power guy in college. Like obviously, Drew Saylor and Alex Zumwalt, Mike Tosar figured something out, and he was able to. Uh, and he was able to figure something out and, and elevate the ball and get it out there at, at, in Quad Cities. And there are some pictures of him from this offseason. That dude is jacked. Mm. Like he, you can tell he has put on some muscle. He looks cut. I mean, like show, like show muscles. And I think I it would not shock me if he managed to get around 25 to 27. And if he can do that in double A, I, I think there's a pretty good chance there. Yep. I don't hate that pick at all. I think that's a, that's pretty solid. Obviously, I think I like his hit tool for sure. So mm-hmm. he gets a loft on that. He's in good shape. Um, I'm going to maybe surprise a little bit, but it also is obvi- on the obvious side as well. I'm going Nick Prado. Um, he was second in 2021 with 36 home runs. I feel like the Ks, the K percentage, 28.5% K percentage, is going to kind of keep him a little bit, you know, on the worrisome side at the 11th highest in the organization last year. And I think despite what we want to happen on the big lead level, I still think that there's somewhat of a log jam there in first base currently. A lot can happen between now and whenever they actually make their first pick. But right now they got Carlos Santana, Ryan O'Hearn, and Hunter Dozier there currently. And those guys are going to get opportunities, especially Dozier and Santana at at first base. And O'Hearn always seems to be in the equation, no matter what we all think about it. And there's a decent chance that Vinny Pasquantino leapfrogs him at this point, depending on how he kind of responds there at the beginning of the year. Had there been a regular spring training, I might be singing a different tune. I think he would get a longer look. But now that we're kind of in at least a shortened spring training, it kind of seems like there's potential there for Prado to be sent down to Omaha and then 
maybe he stalls out. Maybe he hits a bunch of dingers and still striking out a ton. Maybe he's just still has a lot of questions to kind of go alert. And maybe that log jam hasn't cleared above him. So I think there's a decent chance Nick Prado still gets plenty of run in the minors, in the upper levels. And I think he could still lead this organization in home runs at that point. That is a good pick considering your options. I would yep. not have I think I think Matias and Massey were were definitely my top two. But considering the next best option is probably Juan Carlos Negret, I don't blame you at all for going taking taking the dice roll with Prado there. And I think Melendez is, a, is the same case. I mean, that could also eat up some of those potential MLB uh, at bats if if Melendez gets the call because he's kind of heating up there in Omaha to start the season. So that's just another bat that could potentially leave Prado back down. Agreed. Let's okay. We're going to jump to OPS here, and the qualifier for OPS will be anybody with a qualified number of plate appearances. But let's go. Let's let's Ooh, stick with the A ball team. So let's not dip into uh, the the rookie ball. So let's go okay. A ball and above A to Triple A qualified hitters. Well, actually, let's not even do qualified. Let's do let's do two hundred and fifty plate appearances. Okay. Okay. 250 yeah. plate appearances, league or organization leaders in OPS from low A to triple A. Josh, you're first. Sticking with my boy, Nick Prado. Uh, for all the reasons I've already kind of said, he's got the power tool, the 602 slug last year, but he's also walking 15.2% of the time. And that power and the uh, walking percentage kind of spells OPS to me. So I'm going to stick with Nick Prado as long as that's allowed. <laughs> that is allowed if you okay. think he's going to get 250 plate appearances. I this think is there's where... a decent chance. It, it could, it's a big roll of the dice that could blow up in my face right out of the gate. So <laughs> nothing. that's nothing new for me. I'm, I've, I've learned to deal with stuff like that in the past, so I'm sticking with it. Go ahead, yeah. Joel. I'm going with Italian breakfast. Like, And it's a little bit of a risky pick because he doesn't walk as much as a guy that of with his skill set and hit tool should. Uh, but he hits the crap out of the ball and hits a ton of doubles. And with the power that he possesses, I think he's going to slug enough to to kind of carry that OPS number. Okay, so I, was I guess going to have him. I was, somebody in this this trio was going to take Vinny at some point. So I was wondering when it was happening. I, we probably should have clarified this before we started. In order to get a point, are we just comparing the three guys that we each drafted, or are we going to compare? you have to actually have picked the organization leader. I think you actually have to pick the organization yep. leader. This is a call your shot, not throw throw it in the vicinity. Okay. So, that so, makes sense? <laughs> so then the guy I picked doesn't just have to have a higher OPS than Prado and Pasquantino. He's had to actually lead the org. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, That changes who I was going to pick. Ooh. I'm curious I'm who it was going to be. I'm looking at the the leaders from last year, trying to figure out if there's a sneaky pick down at like low A. <laughs> um, there was a couple of them last year. There was like, who is that? Okay, this is probably a bad pick. I am. I'm gonna roll with. Um, oh, Kale Emshoff. <laughs> I love it. Let's I go. Think Kale Emshoff walks a lot. He's got a good command of the strike zone. He hits for an insane amount of power. I think he's going to start at high A. I think there's some experience on my side here. 
I just think if you're you're looking for a guy who could go off, and again, I mean, I don't know, my, your other options are guys that may or may not get 250 plate appearances. Like Melendez would be an easy pick here. Yeah. I think he's up too quick. I don't think there's any way he gets 250 minor league plate appearances, especially because he could get locked out, which is one thing I don't know if you would consider yeah. with Prado is he yeah, may not true. be on that Omaha opening roster. Um, I'm going to go with Kale Emshoff there. I don't love that pick. But I think Kale is capable, and so yeah. I'm gonna roll. I'm gonna roll with Kale Imshoff there. So yeah. we could have done weighted runs created plus for our next category, but it's too closely correlated with OPS. Yeah. So the last offense, no, not the last one, but the next offensive uh, statistic we're gonna do, and I'm I'm recording all this on my phone here. So let's do um, let's do walk to strikeout ratio. Oh. Um, because I think that is that is my favorite. Um like kind of interesting category left also 250 plate appearance qualifier for this one. I having the first pick for this one and taking one Daryl Collins. Mm-hmm. That's immediately who I went to. So there you go. I left, I left the other, like it was between I, go ahead, Joel really quick, go ahead. And then I'll tell you who it, cause I think I know who you're. Yeah. Think. I, the dude that I thought of initially and I think I'm going to go with Michael Garcia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was the other option. Yeah. He, he walked more than he struck out in, I believe it. I believe that was in Columbia. And then he goes to quad cities and he only struck out 16% of the time and walked around 10%. So that's like, that's tolerable enough that I'll take that. I don't think he's going to, I mean, obviously we're, the risk here is he's on the 40. So how many plate appearances is he going to get? But I think for, for a guy that's, you know, he's going to be 22 first shot at a ball be one of the younger guys at double a i think there's a pretty good chance he can still have that kind of command of the strike zone and and find a way to keep it right around one josh are you gonna roll the dice and hope pasquantino gets 250 plate appearances That's pretty close yeah that that might be a go go around i was also looking at nick lofton and also clay dungan they all have pretty good uh, uh walk rates with the you know relatively lower k rate so I think I think I got to stick with Vinny P. Uh, twelve and a half and a 12, 12 and a half last year. Uh, got a great approach. We talked about his uh, his desire to get on base is not as much as his desire to not strike out last week. Um, so I think that uh, he's convinced me. Give me Vinny Basquantino as as my guy to go for a K to walk ratio. I actually think that's a really safe pick because Vinny's never played in Omaha, and I know you know the lockout. I think there's a better chance he gets 250 minor league plate appearances than Prado because Prado is already on the 40. Exactly. But that, I actually think it's a really good pick. And probably I overlooked that one with Daryl Collins. No, I still still think higher level versus high A, triple A versus high A. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, Josh, stolen bases. Oh, I knew you were going to do this. There's just so many. Like, (laughs) I I love this category because in the minor leagues, it just doesn't matter. (laughs) It's just so many stolen bases in there. I hate um, having a third pick for this one because there's a guy I want so bad. <laughs> um, I mean, the leader last year only caught two times. I got another dude that I just love in general. I'll take um, the one that you love. Then I'm going Brewer Hicklin. Do I it. love me some Brewer Hicklin. He was a 40, 40 stolen bases, only caught four times. Um, he's on base, a decent click. Uh, he should be, you know, starting in Omaha. He's... Uh, 
I, I don't know, really know what the outfield situation is going to be like in the big league club, but they got plenty of utility guys that they can kind of switch around. And he does strike out quite a bit. So if for some reason he stalls out in Omaha, he's still going to be ripping bags. So I love Brewer Hicklin. Shout out to Brewer Hicklin. I'm going to take him for my guy. Dare to be great, Joel. Do something crazy. Yeah, I I mean, I, I just can't. God, why? God, why can I not think of who this dude's name? I completely just blanked. Yeah, keep blanking. Take Vinny, somebody. Vinny Plaskin. Dare to be great. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely going to take great. Vinny. Yeah, no, I'm not taking Darren Blanco is available. Michael Garcia is available. Clay Dungan's available. Tyler Tolbert. Nate, stop it. Hey. Yeah, that, thank you, Josh. <laughs> Josh. Kick <laughs> rock. Yeah, hey, yeah. Just here. Just here, guys. Yeah. I'm, Tyler, I hope, Tyler I hope your floor becomes made of Legos. Okay. Okay. I'll see what I can yeah, do it's, it's Tyler Tolbert. That's all that he's incredible at stealing bases. He, mm-hmm. It's Terrence score levels of good. That's uh, I'm going Tyler Tolbert. Incredible stuff. <sighs> okay. I'm going Diego Hernandez. Mm-hmm. Diego Hernandez can absolutely scoot. I think he'll be in high A. Of course, Tyler Tolbert might be in high A too. So that could be one speedy team. Yeah. Um, last year, Tyler Tolbert, 55 steals. Only got caught stealing twice in 89 games. Diego Hernandez <laughs> had 35 steals in 79 games. So 10 fewer games, 20 fewer steals. He was also caught 11 times. I will bank on some positive regression in the caught stealing category for both players. I will take Diego Hernandez and just pray that man runs wild like he did uh, for Columbia and in the complex league a little bit last summer. So. Kind of a dark horse on that front. I kind of I can't wait to see what John Rave does this year. He only had 13 stolen bases last year in 77 games, but he did get some really good, uh, like that speed rating of Fangraphs has out there. He had one of the highest in uh, in high A. So I'm interested to see what John Rave does. Could be an interesting, like almost like like a Khalil Lee type jump in stolen bases, where yeah. you know he could run when he was in at the time Wilmington, and then he goes to to double in Northwest Arkansas and steals like 50 bags yep. like out of nowhere. I yep. mean, I, John Rave could probably, I think if there's any candidate to do something like that, it'd probably be Rave. Yep. Do we want to do any more offensive categories before we jump over to the pitchers? <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I think. Do we want to do offensive strikeouts? <laughs> no, I think we're, I think we're good there. I don't feel like, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to nuke anyone on that. Oh, okay. Makes sense. Okay. We got hits, home runs, OPS, Walk to strikeout and stolen bases. That's a good. That's a good. Um, it's like a five category fantasy baseball league right there. Yep. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so we're going to jump over to pitchers now. Um, I'm going to set the rate qualifier at 50 innings. So pitchers got to get 50 innings to qualify uh, for the titles of rate stats. And we're going to start with ERA. And I am going to take um, – who am I going to take? Let's see. I'm looking at like the list of guys of where they could be I'm trying to think of a guy who could be like at the lower levels and still get some good run. Hmm. This is actually kind of tough. I will take one. Mm. I'm going to go with Drew Parrish. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid that he'll pitch in the big leagues, but if he pitches in the big leagues, maybe it'll be like 60 minor league innings with a great ERA. They call him up. Yeah, I'll go yeah. Drew Parrish. He's got a lot of depth to work through. He's got a lot of leapfrogging to do to get get consideration, I think. And, and I mean, he's still somewhat off the radar. I mean, there's still like Fangraphs doesn't believe in him. I'm curious to see what pipeline has him coming in, but he had a great year last year. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm really curious to see if he actually turned some heads and got on some radars there because – Boy, he got on mine, and uh, I was, I'm, 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 I think that's a great pick. Joel, you're up. Yeah, I, I'm going to just take the the low-hanging fruit here and go with Ace Lacey. Mm. I am all in on the Ace Lacey is going to shove, and everyone is going to wonder why they took him off their top 100 lists. Like, the comeback campaign is going to be real. He's actually healthy. Some of the videos that are coming out of some of the stuff that he's doing, I mean, it's gross. Some of his bullpens look. Like he, he looks healthy. He did not look healthy last year. He was not, uh, I think he had a back injury, which that correlates to some of the really, really bad command issues that he had when he's anywhere remotely close to the strike zone. It's some of the most unhittable stuff in all of minor league baseball. And I think he's going to get even closer to actually hitting the strike zone more often this year. And with the swing and miss he has, I have no reason to believe he can't lead the Oregon minor in a ERA. Give me a big year. This is an FU year for Ace Lacey, I think. I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all forgot. I'm here to remind you. Um, I think you guys are. I'm. I'm thinking out of the box here. You guys. You guys are doled into the starters. I'm going to the bullpen with Will Klein. I thought about that. Yeah, he has a, a 41% K rate last year, a 15% walk rate, and he still only had a 3.20 ERA. So if he figures out that if he's not walking the world, he's not giving up runs that. ERA is going to plummet and if he I mean he could he could also get that call be up in the big league bullpen in no time he probably starts out in at least double a this year so I think Will Klein has still got a really good shot to lead this Oregon ERA by the end of the year that is a good pick I'm afraid he won't get 50 innings yep he had 70 70 last last year. year and he is so good he might be in a big league bullpen before he can get to 50. Yeah. I could see him having 30 or 40 and then getting the call for his last 30 or 40. Yep. Um, 
we'll see if he, they turn him into a starter, which I don't think is, I think there's a non-zero chance he starts some games that could, that could totally mess with this, but that's a really yeah. good pick if he gets his 50 innings. Um, this, so this is a, a little bit of a galaxy brain thing, but wouldn't you love to see Will Klein as an opener? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like a, yeah. yeah, like a two inning opener. I, he'd be just as good at that as he would in the eighth and ninth. Yeah. And I'm going to get weird here and throw a guy like Foster Griffin behind him. Maybe really throw it off the, the batter's thing. eye. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I love that idea. I, I, I'm really interested in that idea. So are you going to go with Klein for strikeouts as well? Uh, let me see who I had for third in the org last year as a reliever. Yes, as a that's reliever. Uh, I'm actually going Lacey with this one. Uh, more or less the same reason. Uh, it's the FU tour for race at Lacey, I think, this year. Um, I think he's got a lot of obstacles that are going to keep him in the minor leagues to at least, you know, rebuild some of that value. He's got health concerns, control issues. And there's like we've kind of talked about before, there's there is some depth ahead of him. So I think he's got a lot to prove. I think he's going to prove it. I think he's going to lead this organization in K's this year. Joel, yeah, I'm going to go with Alec Marsh. He when he was healthy last year, he was really, really good. He had, a, I think, one clunker, maybe. But when when he was healthy before they shut him down. His stuff is arguably probably the second best in the system behind Lacey. So the strikeout stuff is there. I don't, I don't know if they'll put him in double A AA or triple A. Uh, they might they might send him back to double A just to get some innings and get his feet underneath him and then move up to Omaha. But the stuff is there, and he is – I think this is going to be one where I think he really pops. I think mm. there were times where he popped last year, and he was on some top 100 lists that even made us kind of kind of scratch our heads a little bit, but – I mean, the stuff is there for Alec Marsh to be a dominant force. I'm going to go with the 2021 strikeout leader and Anthony Veneciano. Mm-hmm. Anthony Veneciano led the organization in strikeouts last year despite being seventh in innings pitched. I think he goes to double A, does much of the same of what we saw in high A. Um, his fastball is just too good. And mm-hmm. compared with his slider, even if they move him to the bullpen, at any point in time this season. I think he's still got a chance to lead the organization in strikeouts, similarly as Klein did, which, by the way, Will Klein leading the organization in strikeouts last or being third with 70 innings pitched is nuts. Will Klein, <laughs> he was only six off of Anthony Veneciano in strikeouts, and he was 22nd in innings pitched in the organization. So maybe maybe I'm overlooking Will Klein here. But I do think he's going to be in the big leagues at some point, and so it's hard for me to take a guy who I don't even know if he's going to be there. Um, so I will go with one um, Anthony Veneciano there. Veneciano had 23 innings pitched on him too. Yeah, it's it's nuts. Will Klein, very good pitcher. That's very what, that's good what, at it. That's what throwing 102 does. <laughs> Not too bad. Let's jump to strikeout to walk ratio. This is going to be tough because the strikeout to walk ratio leaders last year in the system did not represent at all the most talented pitchers in the system because not walking guys is a little overrated. So (laughs) I'm looking at the list and I'm bouncing around between like, I'll just read you the top five Cruz Noriega, Herbert Garcia, Emilio Marquez, Christian Cosby, Nate Webb. So I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, how do you not pick Cruz Noriega again? Sure. And for absolutely no reason other than he did it last year. And this is kind of a wonky list. Hmm. 
I am going to go with, you know what? Give me Herbert Garcia. I'll take Herbert Garcia. He's a little bit younger. He's probably <laughs> going to be playing at low A. I think there's a chance he strikes out a bunch of guys. The walk rate was good. I'm going to go with Herbert Garcia, but, I mean, this is a, sure you are. a shot in the dark. Well, this is kind of one of my favorite low-key categories because it's a shot in the dark. So, Joel, mm-hmm. good luck on this one. Let's yeah. see your strikeout to walk leaders. I'm going to go with Drew Parrish just because he doesn't strike out a ton. You know, he had 118 strikeouts last year, which is really good. I'm not going to try and knock that number. But he doesn't. He only walked 28, and this was in a total of 98 and two-thirds innings. So he commands the ball well. The stuff isn't overpowering, but the field of pitch is too good for me to think that he's not going to be able to sustain some sort of, like, he may not strike out a ton, but he's not going to walk much either, so it helps that ratio. Yep. Like Josh? It. That's who I was going to pick. I was going to go Parrish because I love him. Um, speaking of this weird wonky ca- category, CJ Eldred is 12th on this list, by the way, from last year. We gotta you gotta qualify fifty innings for the rate stats. It's fifty three and fifty three point two. I don't know, I don't know. Um, but right under him is a guy that I don't know if he's still got prospect status, but he's going to be I think pitching a little bit in Omaha, and he could get to fifty innings. Uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna caveat that. Angel Zerpa is who I'm going with there. I think there he did have a debut last year. He did pitch really well in it. But again, depth at that starting position, uh, I think they're going to want to keep him stretched out as a starter just in case he's only 21 years old. So there's no rush to get him up there. He's already on the 40 man. So that's obviously an issue. But I feel like Angel Zerpa is going to be the guy that, you know, could get over that hump, will strike out some dudes, not going to walk many, and he's going to have at least 50 innings in 50 great innings in the minor leagues, I think. That's a good pick, especially if, like you said, he does get some minor league time, which is yep. seems likely, all things considered. I mean, he right. made one big league start last year, so I was kind of, I kind of engine towards Daniel Lynch a little bit there too. I, I feel like he's got, he's got some competition, some things to prove. He didn't have the best, you know, debut last year, so he could also spend some time trying to make sure that he's off and running before he gets in the major leagues. Um, so we can give him an honorable mention in my book. Next category we're going to jump to, uh, Josh, you have the first pick, is ground ball rate. Oh. <laughs> we're getting funky here. My God. Ugh, this is a complete shot in the dark. I don't even, don't even know where to start because it's so up and down. Like, I've seen plenty of dudes. Um, I guess I guess Anderson Paulino, I, I kind of – he jumped out and when we were doing the rankings – um, I hadn't really kind of taken a deep dive into him, but had a 57.1% ground ball rate last year in 86 innings uh, there in high A, A and high A. So I, I think there's a decent chance that he gets you know plenty of innings there uh, in high A if he works out the double A. But ground, I mean, people can have a great ground ball rate and be absolutely nothing in the rest of the categories. So who knows? Who the hell knows? But I'll go with I'll go with uh, Anderson Paulino. All right, I'm just I'm gonna go with Frank Mazzucato for no other reason than why the hell not? Yeah, that's good I mean, enough that's with me. Fair. That's yeah. <laughs> that that was not a category I was expecting. Yeah, so I didn't. I had no one on my radar there. Um, but hey, strike. But you know, ground outs are pretty democratic. Get your infield involved. 
Um, and I think Mazzucato, and, and it's not, I'm not trying to, you know, make this anything like a shot at Mazzucato, but I, I think he, I think he pitches well enough and has enough feel to pitch that he can go and get a ground ball when he needs it. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go there just, and also just to throw a new name on the list. Yep. Diversifying your portfolio. Very That's good. Right. Yes. I'm going to take Luinder Avila mm-hmm. number 50 on our preseason prospect rankings. Good cut sink to his fastball, great change up, great curveball, good command of his pitches. Um, I think he's probably going to be in low A for a good portion of the year, so I've got that on my side. I'm going to go with Lewinder Avila because I like him, and I don't think anybody else has even mentioned him in their lists. So he might pop up in another category later for me. But what I was going to ask you if you guys knew, I knew he was pumping kind of low 90s for the fastball, but what's his what is his curveball velocity? Because it might be high seventies, maybe it's like seventy eight. Yeah, it, it was. It it, com- it completely works because it's got dudes off balance so much. But I was just curious if you guys knew that because I couldn't find it anywhere on the on the internet. But I think he'll I think he'll work at low eighties. Yeah, when when he's done developing, but it's a it's a great pitch. It's, it's a hammer of a pitch. Yeah, it is definitely. Last category of our stats draft thing that we're doing here. Um, let's go swinging strike rate. So I, I really hate the, the 50 inning caveat um, for these, for these rate stats, because there's there like most of the guys I want to take, I think are going to pitch in the big leagues. Mm-hmm. Will Klein, Dylan Coleman, Nate Webb's on the 40. So I'm going to go with Asa Lacey um, because I haven't taken Asa Lacey yet. And I feel like it'd be good to have him in something. So this is a pretty good category. I think to have him in. Yeah. I'm going to go with Will right. Klein purely because i mean it's 102 you know it's a, it's 99 to 102 absolute hammer of a curveball and a really good change up to boot with it i mean he has three pitches he can get you out with and in, in any count and get a, a swing and miss in any you know at any time so i think that's that's where i'll go it's a risk because i i don't think he gets the 50 innings either i think he ends up in kansas city pretty quick but if he does get to 50 then i'm gonna win this um, did you guys know Jake Newberry was fifth in the organization last year in swinging strike percentage? Mm-hmm. It's not a name we talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, Jake Newberry's a great human. We, we uh, yeah, <laughs> I, it's it's not not a big sexy name, but I, it just kind of blew me away there. I did not know he was still in the system last year. Shout out, shout out to Jake. Uh, I'm gonna probably hit with uh, Veneziano on this. Um, 18.5 last year is fourth in the fourth in the organization. So. Um, you, I'm going to see if I can, uh, backdoor Alex's, uh, most strikeouts and, uh, see if we can get some string strike from him so we can cancel out one of those, uh, liquid deaths that's coming our way. So here's what I, what I got for the draft in hits. Josh took Michael Massey. Joel took Nick Lofton. I have Tucker Bradley home runs. I have Sully Matias. Joel has Michael Massey. Josh has Nick Prado OPS. Josh has Nick Prado again. Joel took Vinny Pasquantino. I took Kale Emshoff. Walk to strikeout. I have Daryl Collins. Joel took Michael Garcia. Josh took Pasquantino. Stolen bases. Josh took Brewer Hicklin. Joel's going to win with Tyler Tolbert. And I have Diego Hernandez. <laughs> On the pitching side, I have Joel, I have Drew Parrish for ERA. Joel took Asa Lacey. And Josh took Will Klein. Strikeouts. Josh took Lacey. Joel took Alec Marsh. I have Anthony Veneciano. Strikeout to walk ratio. I have Herbert Garcia. Joel took Drew Parrish. Josh has Angel Zerpa. Ground ball rate. Josh took Anderson Paulino. Joel took Frank Mazzucato. I have Luinder Avila. Swinging strike rate. I have 
Asa Lacey. Joel has Will Klein. Josh has Anthony Veneciano. And that recaps our um, call your shot stats prospect draft. I like the way we did that. We had planned on going through the stats and talking about who's where and, and whatever. But the way we drafted that, I like the way that went. That mm-hmm. made for a better um, – Everybody agree on Sully? Yep. Okay, next. Right. So. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> Sully's right. good. Okay, what's next? So, really quick, before we get into this next thing that I didn't tell you guys that I wanted to talk about. Oh, no. Um, we got to shout out Drum Farm. Drum Farm is a um, foster care center in Lee Summit, Missouri. They house, they educate um, not only minors that are in the foster care system, but they have a compass program who also they bring in kids who are, have aged out of the foster care system. And I don't have the stats pulled up in front of me, but like the the kids who age out of the foster care system, the number of them that end up um, in in let's just call it low places is staggeringly high. The the system in our country does not take care of kids who have aged out of the foster care program. We'll take care of you till you're 18, you turn 18, see a kid like good luck to you. Um, so the compass program at drum farm does a great job taking care of kids who have aged out of the foster care system, as well as having housing, taking care of, of foster kids there in Lee summit, Missouri. Uh, thank th- thank you very much to them. Um, and glad to be able to partner with them and, um, their, their bumper will be running, whatever they'll be sponsoring our minor league minute, uh, coming up this summer, but right now there's nothing to recap in terms of minor league baseball. Um, all we have is talking about future prospective minor league baseball. So if you remember our podcast from last summer, what we would do, Joel and I would open the first 30 minutes of our podcast recapping the minor league week, uh, the minor league events of the week. So this this summer, that will look a little different. It'll be more like 10, 15 minutes of recapping the minor league system. Uh, that will be brought to us by Drum Farm again, the foster care center out of Lee Summit, Missouri. They do great work. Go support them. Donate if you feel like it. Um, but again, great work on them. They're our partner for the Minor League Minute coming up this summer. Okay, boys. Um, the next thing I want to talk to you about, and maybe I didn't bring this up in the group chat because I, I wanted to get your um, raw takes here before you have time to think about it, is – if you had to pick two prospects that are not currently in our top 10. So if you need to pull up our top 10 really quick, just as a refresher, you can do that. If you had to pick two prospects not currently in our top 10 and give them Vegas odds for the likelihood that they are the, the best likelihood of them being the number one prospect next offseason. Cause I think we all think that Pasquantino Melendez, Prado, Bobby Witt are going to age out or not age out. They're going to graduate from the prospect list. Who has the best chance of becoming our number one prospect next offseason? If you if you follow us at RoyalsFarmReport.com, I, I wrote an article about this last offseason, uh, but I want to get your guys' takes on this. Who is the be- who has the best chance of making that jump to the top prospect status next offseason? Uh, Joel, we'll start with you. Uh, the low hang it's it's low hanging fruit to a degree because he was, he's been in our top 10 in the past, but I think it's Eric Pena. The tools mm-hmm. are too loud. The, the ability is there and he didn't play. He got his first taste of ball state side because he was a J two get out of the DR. Um, he goes to the complex league and he struggled. Uh, it was not pretty, but a lot of those guys did. I think mean, 
Wilman uh, Candelario was another guy that we think pretty highly of, and he struggled too. It was not exclusive to the Royal system either. It's just a different, the game is different. They're in an unfamiliar place. Things are, you know, they, there's more adjustments to it than just baseball. But I also, some of this is, I trust Drew Saylor. I trust Mike Tozar. I trust Alex Zumwalt to figure it out with these guys. And if they can tap into what, Eric Pena can do as a, I think he's what, he's going to be 20, making his, I don't even know if he'll be 20 yet. No. Making his, Mm-mm. making his affiliated ball debut in Columbia, theoretically. He's, I think he's going to pop. And we all, we've known the talent. I think we had him in our top five before he even played any, he even had a professional at bat because we've, the, the videos are out there. Some of the fastest hands I've ever seen uh, on a kid that age. I mean, still growing into his body, but man. Like the, the physical tools are too loud for me not to think he can be that guy. You got a second one you would throw in there? Mm, I think I'll, I'll go with a pitcher and man, it, it's tough. I don't know if best, but can we, maybe I'll make the caveat of this being best pitching prospect, but I think Ben Hernandez has a chance to, I, we, when we saw him, when the Royals drafted him, it was, Hey, 90, 91, with the hey, the changeups really good. He comes out to Columbia throwing ninety seven, and I know he I know he got banged up. I know he didn't pitch for very long last year, but we got some flashes of some really good stuff, and it shows. I think some the beginning of some of that adjustment with prep kids, uh, leading into the twenty twenty one draft where they took a bunch. But I think Ben Hernandez the the raw stuff is really good, and it's just kind of continuing to grow. And if he can stay healthy, he has a good chance. To, I think ended up end up in our top ten by mid season this year. Josh, any thoughts? Uh, yeah, I'm. I, th- I think those are pretty decently. I'm not going to say obvious, but they're definitely like the ones, the first ones that come to mind as far as outside of the top ten. It's not everybody I wanted to get is right there at the ten and eleven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I immediately thought of Alec Marsh, who we've talked about. Kuderna and Mazzucato were all kind of uh, right there along the same lines. So Pena was obviously the my first answer that I was going to go with. But um, the other one, I mean. There's no, there's nobody in this organization that has a tool as much as Suili or Suli Matias's power. He's got, according to Drew Saylor, 70 grade speed. His arm will play. He makes some strides in right field and maybe up like we've talked about in the past. Like that tool alone is going to give him helium if he ever does anything that isn't a strikeout at any point. So I, I feel like he, he's been in that top 10. He has that prospect prestige already. And if there's anything that people like us who do rankings of these guys love more, it's to be proven right just after the fact that you've already kind of, you know, we'll put them on the back burner and see what happens. So anybody who's believed him in a fir- at, at one point throughout his first three or four years, I, it's going to be easy for them to get back on board with them is my point. So I feel like that is 100% a good possibility that Matias could absolutely get to the top uh, of our rankings with just, you know, a really good year, not even a great year. I think he's going to give us enough to believe in at that point. Um, a kind of a similar dude in body stature, I should say, but a guy that kind of jumped out to me hasn't been on any rankings, never heard of him prior to last year, but that's junior Marin Marin. I can't remember how it is, but he is an absolute monster at six two two Oh five as a 17 year old last year. 
So he he still got some projectability in that, but he had a 205 WRC plus. Obviously, a small sample size and what he is did show out there, but he did have a great walk percentage, a great K percentage, had a lot of pull and a lot of ground balls that are a little bit of a of a red flag. But he did also pop up in Keith Law's uh, honorable mentions a couple weeks ago. So I think he's got a, a decent shot to he turned some heads. He puts some good stuff together uh, there and probably low A ball or something this year. I think he could really, uh, really start, you know, jumping up these rankings pretty easily. So give me those two outfielders for my uh, my long shots or whatever you want to call this. Marin is a great pick because of the competition he will be playing, because of his age, because of the power. There's a there's a lot of things that could propel him to that. And again, if we're talking about guys outside the top ten, like inside the top ten, Asa Lacey, Nick Lofton, Alec Marsh, Ben Cooter, like you talked about, they 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 make too much sense. Yeah. So. I'm going to cheat a little bit and take our number 11 prospect in Frank Mazzucato. I think Mazzucato, if he comes out throwing 94-96 with that curveball and shows any sign of a changeup and gets to high A by the end of the year in any capacity, he's going to soar up these rankings, especially if a guy like Lacey graduates. I think Frank Mazzucato is kind of an obvious um, cherry pick. The one guy I'm surprised nobody mentioned is Michael Garcia. Mm-hmm. Michael Garcia mm-hmm. is a great defensive shortstop. He has one of the best hit tools in the system. He's one of the best approaches in the system. He's on the 40-man roster. He's 22. He'll be at double A. All of these things are things that you need in your favor to be that number one type prospect. Dude, if he comes out and hits 300 with 30 stolen bases at double A, gets to triple A, and he keeps flashing this glove and maybe the power picks up a little bit, he's going to jump like close to top 100 prospect lists. I really think Michael Garcia has one of the higher ceilings in the system. Now, the likelihood of him reaching it is going to be limited because I don't know what kind of power output he's capable of producing. He certainly hits the ball harder more often than his cousin Alcides Escobar did. (laughs) But otherwise, he profiles a lot like Escobar with a better walk rate, with a better approach. So even if he was just Esky with a better approach, you're talking about a potential two to four win player in the big leagues every year. And then you need some power to step in to, to take him to that next level, right? But a okay. lot of the things he does are really, really good. And he's on the 40. So I think he's got some of those things that like that prospect list makers look for, like rel- age relative to level, how close is he to the big leagues, how safe is he. And if a guy like Lacey graduates or struggles, I think there's actually some some wiggle room here at the top, depending on who graduates, who doesn't. Joel, mm-hmm. you so you were talking about like the the power output for uh, Michael Garcia, but we just watched the everyday shortstop for the Royals this past year hit two homers. So let's thought experiment here for a second. Current Nicky Lopez hit tool or future Michael Garcia hit tool? It, if I had to pick one, but yeah, which one do we want? Yeah, which one do you think would be better? I, I think hmm. it's really close. Michael Garcia's swing, he does that thing where he steps way out when he swings. Now, it has not hampered his hit tool at all. I think they're really close. I will take Nicky's because we've seen it, it's more consistent at the big at the upper levels, but I actually think it's really close. Yeah, what about uh, glove? I know Nicky should have probably won a gold glove at shortstop, but I mean. Michael can pick and grant short too. I think he's got a high, I think Garcia has a higher ceiling. I think yeah. his defensive ceiling is higher than Lopez's. I think if you're talking about like Lopez's absolute ceiling at defense, I think we saw it last year and it wasn't good enough for gold glove consideration. I think if, if Michael Garcia hits his absolute defensive ceiling, he is a 
very much a gold glove winner. Power potential. I mean, Garcia. Yeah. Yeah. I think <laughs> Garcia's got a bigger frame. Like, I, yeah. It's, yeah. It's just something to think about. It's a, yeah. it's something to think about, especially if he comes out here and, and produces the way we think he can. If he can go and hit around 300 and if he develops any sort of power, he's not striking out. He's, you know, he's walking uh, to a, the degree that he did in low A with his defensive ability could be, could make things very, very interesting. And, and I think he is so underrated only because of Bobby Witt Jr. Like if mm-hmm. Bobby Witt Jr. wasn't in this system and all else was the same, people would be talking about Michael Garcia like they talk about Vinny Pasquantino. I really believe that because a lot of the things that we like about Pasquantino and the things he did last year, Gar- you could say the same thing about Garcia. And so if Bobby Witt Jr. wasn't taking all of the attention from the shortstop and the infield perspective of this, I think Michael Garcia would be up there. We have Michael Garcia ranked ahead of Michael Massey currently. So think about mm. all the hype around Michael Massey. Yeah. We've got Garcia ranked ahead of him for a reason. The glove is legit. He can absolutely fly. He's got a great hit tool, a great approach. Really, the only thing left is can you grow, get in the weight room, get bigger physically? If, dude, if he does, and a guy I didn't even mention, Daryl Collins, you could say like everything yeah. about Daryl Collins I just said about Michael Garcia, except for the glove. Like, the overall athleticism is not quite there, but offensively, I think Collins' ceiling is way higher because of the the potential power output. So, I went with Garcia, but it hurt me to not take Collins there as well. Yep, I was going to say I, I thought for sure you were going Collins there, but it totally makes sense. Michael Garcia is your other guy, so it, it does make a lot of sense there. So, th- this is a, a little bit of a long shot, but I'm just curious your thoughts as we are in the middle of the college baseball season and the draft is readily approaching. What percent chance would you give? at the guy that the Royals take at nine being the number one prospect heading into to 23. 20%. 25%. I think it really just, it, to me, it just depends on where they go. Yep. If they go, if they cut an underslot deal again, like they did with Mazzucato, I don't think there's a chance. But if they go, if for some ungodly reason, like a Chase DeLauder or a Brooks Lee or um, who's the other guy, like a Carter Young kind of rises a little bit. Any of those guys are there. I think you have a legitimate argument that they could be number one. And I say this under the assumption that Prado, Melendez, Witt, Pasquantino, Lacey have, have gone um, and have, are, are going to, at least in our rankings, they'll be gone because they will play in the major leagues. And we don't, at, at our site, by the way, we don't necessarily go purely off of like the, the uh, eligibility. Mar- the eligibility that you have to hit to be a rookie or not. Like if you're in the big leagues for a significant enough time, we're just going to take you off our list. So if that's the case, I think if they go college, I'll, I'll make that the caveat. If they go college bat, I think there's a good chance that guy could be number one. I also think like the the best answer, if we just eliminated like caveats, like I said, you had to be outside top 10. The 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 right answer is probably Jonathan Bolin, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think so. Coming back to Tommy John, he probably doesn't make the big leagues. But if he comes back and shoves like he was doing at Double A, like he's probably the right answer, right? I think that's I mean, fair. Lacey's yeah. also in that caveat, but I think if we're if we're talking about Lacey being so good, he's the number one prospect. I think he makes his big league debut. I don't think we rank him. Mm-hmm. Like I think there's a caveat in there. I think Lacey's either five to ten because he struggled a little bit, or he just makes his big league debut and he's not in our rankings at all. Like that's the that's the hard part for a guy who's that talented with Bolin coming off an injury not quite Asa Lacey, probably not debuting. 
even though he is on the 40-man roster, I think there's just some extra wiggle room for him. But Alec Marsh in the same vein is as Ben Kudernick. Ben Kudernick could be kind of interesting too. Yeah. I agree I, with that too. I I there, there's a lot of hesitancy with really thinking that a high school kid is going to pop right away in pro ball, but the, the stuff is too loud for him. And if he really is consistently sitting like 96 to 98, you know, pop in triple, you know, a triple digit there by July, once it warms up, mm. man, I, I would have a hard time not getting the hype train off the tracks for that guy. I, agree. I think I agree hundred percent. Another one that we've kind of hit on a little bit, a little bit ago, and he's pretty far down the rankings. So we're talking about a quite a rise here, but Luan Dravila, I think is another guy that has, you know, quite a bit of potential to kind of start turning heads and, and making way up our rankings, at least our rankings. So I think uh, that's somebody that I could see, you know, adding some velo to that, that body frame. He's already got a decent walk percentage and a good K rate. So, uh, and also they had a really good uh, ground ball rate last year, so he can get out. So, I think uh, Luander Avila could also be potentially in that conversation. All right. Any final thoughts tonight? Uh, Joel, we'll start with you. Nope. The, my final thought was thinking about the, like, if the like the guy the Royals draft could be number one. And I think there's certainly the possibility that I said, got it. If, if Chase, if someone overthinks Chase the water for some reason and you get that guy in Kansas City, there's your number one. I think the best. Most realistic is like Brooks Lee, like you said, but yeah. Brooks Lee has one strikeout in yeah. however many games. That's like, why I, I think that's he's why he's hitting himself it. out of the conversation. Oh, yeah. I think Cam Collier is your best, oh, yes, is your best chance there because a, a like Juco kid, I think he could fall to number nine and his ceiling is so high. Like yeah. he, we were talking about it in the group chat, has some Mike Moustakis in his game, but he's a better athlete right now. Like he doesn't. I don't mean to say that Moose got overweight, but he definitely couldn't play shortstop anymore, right? Like I think Cam Collier could even play second base, like a good second base right now. He's just he's just way more athletic than Moose was in the minors and the majors. And if he can keep like that weight on him and, and put on muscle and not the extra, right? I mean, I think the the possibility for him to be a really good defender at a couple different positions is there. And the power is just crazy. His swing mm-hmm. actually reminds me of Moose a little bit. So Cam Collier's the guy I'm watching there at number nine. Um, Josh, any final thoughts? Um, I'm done with winter. This th- th- we had thunder sleet. What in the shit? It was. <laughs> what is happening? Have we lost our damn minds? Is the weather lost its damn mind? What is thunder sleet? We had it. Never seen it. What is that? This? Is that I did not have that on my 2022 bingo card. Incredible. Like, I was that one. You know, I had penciled in somewhere that the you know. You have the pandemic squares. You have World mm. War Three squares, Russia squares. Did you have um, Brittany Griner was going to be the reason that we no, had World War Three? No, yeah, I did was, not. I did not have Brittany Griner on my 2022 one. bingo card. Taiwan's <laughs> down in the bottom right-hand corner yeah, that's, hanging that's in there. Decent, decent I did shot. not have Thundersleet. Thundersleet. Uh, there I mean, was tornado warnings up north yesterday. Can you imagine if we would have had, like, the tornado sleet? Like that, I mean, I would have just... That there's a couple. Was that that last th- snowstorm that there was actually thunder sto- thunder snow caught uh, caught on some of those like plaza overhead mm-hmm. cameras. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it it exists. And I remember seeing a video of a meteorologist doing like a live report just a couple of years ago, and he got pumped for seeing thunder snow for the first time. And I feel like I've seen like seven times in the last three years. So, all bets are off anymore. All bets are off. Whatever. Let's just life is just gonna happen. 
my final thought on the night is the high school baseball season gets underway. Um, well, I mean, technically it got underway last week. We're coming up on our second week of high school baseball. Um, at the end of the third week of high school baseball, games will start. There's a big tournament in Kansas City. Some of the best schools in the, in the area are going to be playing in. When I was in high school in the early 2010s, it was rare to see a D1 kid. It was even rare, obviously, to face a kid getting drafted or, or draft potential. Rare, I mean, there was the Riley Pint. So there's Bubba Starling, but then there was the Riley Pint and Joey Wentz here. All those guys, Kansas kids. Uh, Monte Harrison got drafted at Elise Summit West. Uh, Matt Hall and um, Matt Fultz all got drafted at Elise Summit West. So there was like a, there's like pockets of it. I was looking at, you know, like the PBR prep baseball report um, rankings for the Missouri and the Kansas area here in Kansas city. Um, Lee summit West last year sent two kids to UCM, a kid to Mizzou Liberty North has a kid committed to Oklahoma. Another kid committed to Tennessee um, Liberty. Their ace is committed to Vanderbilt is probably going to be a draft pick. Their shortstop is committed to Texas A&M. There's um, several Arkansas commits. There are um, like Kuderna and Jensen last year, LSU commits get drafted by the Royals. The talent in the Kansas City area for high school baseball has never been higher. I have never seen anything like this. Like I said, I when I was in high school 10 years ago, it was Lee Summit West and some Kansas kids. Now it's everybody. Everybody's got kids that are this talented, and it's nuts. I've never seen anything like it. I never heard of anything like this in Kansas city. It is incredible to watch. Um, and it's incredible to be able to coach and coach against and, and just see all this talent and the opportunity to um, be involved in the game in this kind of glory days of, of Kansas city high school baseball is really cool. So if you don't get to have your big league fix, and if you are living in Kansas city and don't want to drive an hour or more to get to college games, go watch some high school baseball. I know it's like, it's high school sports. It's whatever. But, dude, there is so much talent. I swear, if you just picked a random high school game to go to, like a big high school game in Kansas City, the chances of you getting to see a D1 kid in action are really high. Like, it's it's weird. I've never seen it like this before. Um, but it's a really cool opportunity to be involved with. So if you want to go catch some high school baseball, go catch some high school baseball. Like I said, Liberty have a, has an A&M commit, a Vandy commit. They're going to be fun to watch. Um, but there's there's several schools like this in the area. So go watch some high school baseball. It's a great time. It's, you know, college baseball. People are, like, finding college baseball now because of the MLB lockout. Go go find some high school baseball. It's fun. It's electric. Um, but anyway, there's my little spiel about high school baseball season getting underway here in the next couple of weeks. So, All right. All right, gents. Thank you, boys, very much for joining me tonight. Thank you to Tucker on the other side of the screen for for doing all the producing, um, former RFR writer, actually, Tucker Franklin. So thanks, Tuck. Thank you to KCSE, Kansas City Strength and Conditioning, for picking up the podcast again, our title sponsor for the 2022 season. Uh, thank you to Drum Farm for picking up the Minor League Minute. Thank you to all of you for listening. If you are on the Chiefs channel listening to this, make sure to go subscribe to the KCSN Royals channel, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow on YouTube, subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Come subscribe, come listen. Make sure to check out Joel's One Royal Way about the big league team. Uh, until then, we will see you again uh, real, real soon. Thanks for listening. <laughs>